Welcome, Welcome to Pisces Rising. Rising. I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. We want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Hello, welcome to Pisces Rising. Hello, everyone. Everyone. We got a class coming up. Yeah, we do. We're doing um, an online class. It's going to be Saturday, April 10th from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, And it's called Meeting the Major Arcana. Heather, do you want to explain? Yeah, we're just going to go through all the major arcana cards and talk about the representation of them astrologically. So it's an astrological-based tarot class, so you learn about both. And we'll just go through and talk about what the card symbolizes, the astrology of it, the planet of it, the energy of it. And maybe there will be, it's mostly an intuitive class, but there will be some pointing to the symbols and what the archetypes and symbols mean through as it's astrology based. The archetypes are astrological, um, meaning each card either represents a zodiac sign, a planet, or an element. And it's... Uh, definitely a good class, whether you're a beginner or a more advanced tarot reader. I think that there's different layers and levels that you can get and add to your practice or to pick up. I don't think it'll be too far over your head if you're new to tarot either. Yeah. So sign up. Email us on Instagram. We can invoice you and get your email and send you the Zoom link and uh, we'll be good to go. It's $35. Uh, Yeah, send us a DM or email us. Um, All that information will be at the end of this podcast. We are here to um, talk to you about pretty much how the moon can make you go crazy. Yeah, we had a different episode in mind, but the moon has been making us go crazy, so we decided it might be a good time to talk about this. (laughs) And it's going to be similar to our moon signs class, but amped up, because what we're really going to get into is how the moon affects you on a macro level, or how how it affects people on a macro level and if you are a certain sign and the moon is making an aspect to your sign what it might bring out within yourself so because the moon is so close to us we really feel it and it's a very subconscious energy so we don't necessarily know or identify exactly what we're feeling when we're feeling it and as the moon changes rapidly it casts this essence. It's almost like it rains drops of the sign's color or essence for the two and a half days it stays in the sign, where we connect by everybody being under the same moon in the sign, so it casting a wave that we are all picking up on and it's connecting us. So that means it could potentially connect the behavior. And when you hear people say, oh, my week was shit. How was your week? Oh, my week was shit too. A lot of the times that is the astrology and, and actually not understanding the astrology. Because when you, when you really understand astrology and you could begin to work with your transits and work with the aspects in your chart, you can take a shit week and ride the wave, uh, ride the weather pattern. Um, So we're just going to get into those details of what you may act like when the moon is in a certain sign. Yeah, and I think that for this it would be good to know both your sun and your moon sign. I know that, for instance, um, my my natal moon seems to get triggered by certain times when the moon is in a different sign, almost even more than my sun sign might. 
but it really depends. You might, I mean, you could look deeper into your chart looking at like Mercury, Venus, Mars. We're not going to get too much into that today, but feel free to go as deep as you want with this. So we'll just start with the moon in Aries. Yep. The moon in Aries is very charged and it takes away fear. So where a lot of moons are going to cast a subconscious wave, this is going to cast a wave of, I don't really care what the subconscious is saying, I'm going to show it. So it casts this light of bravery, courage, um, uh, ability to react without thinking about it, which sometimes is good. It's not good when you have a bunch of stuff stored up and it just triggers out uh, all at the same time and you don't see it coming, um, but it could actually begin healing. And it also could just bring relief in the sense of when the moon is in Aries because it is more active in the taking action and then dealing with the consequences after the emotional action is taken, you might learn about yourself through this. You might learn about what your subconscious is saying because when the moon is in Aries, collectively the reaction from the emotion comes first, potentially before you even feel or embody the emotion. So an Aries moon is really going to bring a lot of people just communicating about their feelings as they're feeling them or even right before they're feeling them and then ideally becoming aware of it or just moving forward to the next thing without giving it too much of that intense self-loathing woe is me power. Definitely yeah there's a feeling of newness I mean this kicks off a new moon cycle, like a 28-day moon cycle when the moon goes into Aries. So there is a feeling of freshness, a feeling of not wanting to sort of stagnate in any emotional place, wanting to move through things pretty quickly. So it's not to say that emotions aren't expressed, just that any sort of negativity is just really dealt with quickly, which can be a little disconcerting to some signs that are maybe more sensitive. So if you tend to have or if you have a lot of water placements, if you have a, a cancer moon, for instance, this could maybe feel a little rough at times. I think that there's a sort of impulse, impulsivity that happens when the moon's in Aries. People just kind of skate through things really quickly. There could be some temper tantrums and outbursts, but then it's over. It just moves through very quickly. And the whole time that the moon is in Aries tends to go by pretty fast, in my opinion. There's less of a sort of sitting in your feelings when the moon is transiting Aries. Yeah, it could even lead to a little risk and impulsion, mm. spontaneous trips, emotion turned to action. Yeah, for sure. There's, yeah, action is a big keyword here. There's not going to be much um, deliberation or being like, hmm, I feel kind of sad today. Me, I wonder what I should do about it. It's like, feel sad. Like, it might not even be on a conscious level realizing that you feel sad. You just know something's off, so you're going to do something about it. And um, for those who are maybe far away from that energy, it could feel really overwhelming, and maybe they are going to shut down more. Um, just because that energy is so opposite to what they feel. Like someone with a Libra moon might have trouble with this. Yeah, the moon placements of where they are, of where your natal moon is, 
there's going to be a cast of handling it similarly because that's the macro collective energy in the air, but then the energy of handling it personally could definitely make you retreat if you are a more private sign, like Scorpio, Cancer, the basically the water signs that really want to contemplate how they're feeling, don't want to react to it. There's going to be a little bit more of a retreating inward and trying to have control and I would say the best thing you can do is go with it because when Aries spills the water signs are going to be like all right I want to deal with this consequence I didn't know this about myself this is a realization it could bring realizations to the more private signs so if you do have a water sign moon or an earth sign moon or your moon is being harsh aspect harshly aspected and you feel like repressing this is going to allow you to feel like confessing. Um, and I actually just named my newsletter for the Aries season Repressions, Expressions, Confessions. Because <laughs> what it. happens, thanks, what happens is your tendency with the Aries energy um, is, the, the tendency is not to repress. So by the time the sun hits Aries, everything comes out. And then the moon hits Aries and then Mercury hits Aries, it comes out. And it leads to just being more and more expressive until you become like the little boy caught with his pants down. You're just like, oh no, I just, you know, told my mom way too much stuff because it's just too uncomfortable to keep it internal. So the exposure is, it's not even like, oh no, it's just like the most natural thing. By the time you expose what you might have once looked at as a secret, you're just mm -hmm. like, oops, here it is. I confess because I don't want to feel it anymore. It's too uncomfortable. So once it's out, there's nothing to feel. Yeah, the stagnation really breaks apart when the moon's in Aries. It's kind of a time of like a catalyst, and that action tends to set off a chain of events which you then kind of work through over the next 11 moon sign cycles. So we go into Taurus next. The moon likes being in Taurus. I believe it's considered exalted when it's in Taurus. So this is a comfortable placement for the moon to be. And um, it kind of makes sense because the Taurian energy really matches with the energy of the moon. And I find when the moon is in Taurus, maybe people tend to want to cling to their comfort zones a little more. It's kind of a flip-flop from the moon being in Aries. There's a, a need to maybe stay home or be comfortable. Maybe you're worried more about your your own physical comfort. Like, you know, did I pack a lunch today? Am I going to be okay? Am I Do I have everything I need? Does my family have what they need? You're kind of wanting to take care of these physical things. And in a way, you deal with your emotions through taking care of physical things. So it might seem like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, making sure that the heater works so that we're all warm for the winter, but actually that's taking care of an emotional need for security. So moving through these physical things in order to gain emotional security. Yeah, that's a really good um, shift, what you described, because it does slow down from this rapid pace, and it is about emotional security, but very specifically with what Ashley's saying, it's like, emotional security in the material world. How do I become more comfortable with the material so I can be comfortable internally, emotionally? Um, things get a little more sensitive when the moon goes into Taurus, but not overt. So you just might notice that the overcast of people is a little bit more withdrawn and how could I be more comfortable? So when you're outside socializing, it's going to feel very different 
than Taurus moon energy being in the home where you might feel comfortable and be like, oh, this is a TV day. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to stay home and watch movies and TV all day because I need to reset. I need to feel safe. Um, and then as the moon really settles in to like deep into Taurus, you might notice you're sleepy or there's, it's easier to be exhausted because you just came from a moon in Aries and the, yeah. the energy is slowing down. It's anchoring. It's more thought out. It's less about taking risk. It's, it, you know, an example of this would be an Aries has a great idea and then starts to act on it. And then by the time it hits Taurus, the idea is like, all right, I don't necessarily want to continue to work. This is not going to really actually help me long term. I just want to settle and just like relax for the next few days. A Taurus moon can be very sticky, though because it will delay in the sense of, all right, I just want to figure out how I feel before I give you a response. And that might take mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah, for sure. It's a very different feeling than the moon being in Aries. Things can kind of get held up for a couple days. Uh, definitely more of a moon of self-care. Um, you're really going to enjoy, you know, taking that bath with the luxurious bath bomb on the moons in Taurus or, you know, um, cooking a delicious meal and eating a delicious platter. <laughs> You're really going to seek out those things when the moons in Taurus. And you also might feel a sense of creativity, personal creativity, artistic creativity, writing, crafting, again, anything that really can be done in the home. Um, if you are out, it's going out for a nice meal, enjoying grazing, vacationing, doing things, and just taking your time doing them. A unrelaxed Taurus moon is really hard to be around this energy in the sense of you feel it more than see it. So it's not going to be as vocal as that Aries energy. It's going to be more carried in the bodies of people who are resisting the energy of the Taurus moon. Mm. And it feels very much like repression, actually. Very much like, I don't want people to see this imperfection and I don't even want to look at it. So instead of going into it or taking the risk or not caring, you might go away from it because of not wanting to care, even though you really do care. Um, there's a reason why the moon is moody. It's only in a place for two and a half days. So, and it's ebbing and flowing and it's in different phases. So all this energy is like, a non-stop cycle of PMS or mm. moods or weather patterns that switch going from the rapid pace of Aries to the grounded ruminating place of Taurus you'll see people feeling the spark of spring fever and being excited and then needing to go home and process when the moon is in Taurus. Yeah and if you have a natal moon in one of the other fixed signs so Leo, Scorpio or Aquarius you might have a little bit of a tough time with the the Taurus moon because that's going to be square in your natal moon and that's going to create some tension inside of you and again when the moon is in Taurus like Heather was saying it's really hard to kind of confront the um, discomfort you might want to distract yourself with other things and so the other fixed signs are really going to feel that and hold that um, especially like if you know the degree that your moon is at 
um, kind of check and see when that square perfects, um, when the moon is at that same degree as your, your natal fixed sign moon, and you might notice that's around the time when you feel that. Moon in Gemini. This is where we're in right now. Yeah, as we record this, I think when this is released, maybe in Cancer. Yeah. Ash and I hate the moon in Gemini. Yeah, it's <laughs> really honest. It's really hard for us. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of lovely people out there with natal moon in Gemini. In fact, I have a few friends that have that, and it's great. But um, for me, I have a Sagittarius moon, so this opposes it. It opposes my. I have moon conjunct Uranus in Sagittarius, and I have Saturn in Sagittarius, so it opposes all of that for me, and it's not pleasant. Um, the overcast is intense. I'm a fan of Gemini moons natally, even more so than the sun, because it brings a fun and uplifted energy to a potential serious um, energy, and it keeps things lighthearted, having a natal moon in Gemini. But when the overcast is in Gemini and everybody is experiencing the moon in Gemini, there's a lot of um, ranting, a lot of... It's very ADD, like somebody, you'll notice people just kind of tell you anything with no context, and then they just, like, tell you all their shit and leave. No filter. Yeah. And then you're left with it. There, there literally is, is no filter. If you think of Gemini being ruled by Mercury, and then Mercury going through the moon, you have the moon, which is emotional, and Mercury, which is not emotional. So it's, it, the energy is very much like, well, some things are going on and I don't want to process, so here's all my verbal bullshit. See ya. Exactly, yeah. There's so much being said when the moon is in Gemini. Just everyone is just kind of out there sharing their thoughts, pretty much like any thought that passes through their heads. And so there's so much to kind of weed through that it's hard to know what's true, it's hard to know what's real, things can be confusing and just a little bit chaotic and overwhelming. I, I'm drawn to share this specific example. So Heather has a crystal shop that I had worked, or I still work with, with her on, but um, physically when we would be in the shop together before um, COVID, uh, whenever the moon was in Gemini, we would always have people coming in and just sharing like their life story with us. And we would just kind of, it became an ongoing joke, like, oh, the moon's in Gemini, I wonder who's going to come in today and tell us all this stuff about themselves. And it's always, it's kind of funny because people will share intense stuff, but in a light way. So if you're a sensitive person or if you have a lot of water placements, that's going to be really hard to process because... Um, they'll just be kind of like, yep, I was abused as a child, and blah, 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 and then they're just like, all right, bye, have a good day, and you're like, oh my god, I, I need to go cry in my closet. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's no filter in a different way that's in, than the Aries. Like, Aries say it to get it out. A Gemini moon, the overcast is like, on some level, they want to understand it, but the resistance is understanding it emotionally. Mm. So after the blast of talking, they that helps them enough to understand it emotionally, where the Aries moon overcast, um, when I say overcast, I just mean how everybody handles it. It's just about getting it out. With the Gemini moon overcast, it's like, about getting it out and giving it to somebody else in a way. The twins, it's like, all right, I said my piece, now you figure it out while I, you know, finish my day. 
I mean, it's a really good time for, like, theoretical conversation, sort of, like, brainstorming, sharing ideas that may or may not go anywhere. Like, it could be really good for that. I find that, um, you know, if you're working on a project with someone, it's a good time to just kind of toss around ideas and kind of, like, you know, not be offended too much if um, the other person doesn't like it. You just kind of come up with something new. It's really good for batting that stuff around and not taking it personally if it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, the the challenging thing is if you have a mutable square, so you're going to feel what I just said even more, or a mutable apposition. So if your moon sign is in Pisces... Virgo or Sag? Yeah, you're going to feel tired, one, because it's mutable, and part of you... What happens is when something is so mutable, you need to, you need to kind of take action to fix it, but you also lose your energy to take that action, so it becomes even more mutable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you might find that with a Gemini Moon, where the overcast for normally can be amped and changeable and spontaneous, for the mutable square people or mutable opposition, it could be very draining because that's a whole lot of mutable energy making an unharmonious aspect. And there's no guide, there's no direction on what to do. And because the moon is in Gemini, the overcast is verbal, but it doesn't necessarily mean the solution is going to come by verbalizing. The solution might actually come by forgetting, which is what a mutable square will do. Ooh, that's really good. That's super insightful. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's it's a strange energy because it's kind of all over the place, and it's hard to... It's hard to focus. Like, there's so much curiosity, and maybe your your mind is just kind of in, like, several places at once, and that's how you're dealing with your emotions. So it's really hard if you, for people with, like, a moon in Virgo who like emotional organization, there's none of that here. It's hard on the nervous system, too, physically. Yeah. Yep. Unless you have a moon in Gemini or a moon in an air sign, you might really enjoy this time. You might in, you might get really powered up and inspired by it. Butterfly. Yeah. Air signs are going to become butterflies during this and be charged. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Again, the ideas might not ever actually genuinely take flight, but the inspiration and excitement will be there for those air signs. Yeah, like you might find that just kind of batting around these ideas leads to something else that does take form and take shape, but it's not what you thought it was. Moon in Cancer. This is the home home base of the moon. The moon rules over Cancer, so it is extra powerful and extra moony when it is in Cancer. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, and I... I really like it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't. And, yeah, I go, I go back and forth. If you're safe, if you're feeling safe, a moon in Cancer feels really great. If you're at home and you're feeling safe and you're feeling good, the, the, thing, the reason why I find it a little bit too much is because, like Ashley was saying, the moon is ruled in Cancer. It's its natural home. Um, so, basically, the moon... And then cancer, it's the same thing. It's just this really intense cancerian energy that's very emotional. So when you're open and you're feeling comfortable with the vulnerability, it flows and it's really good and it can be really honest, assuming you're around a bunch of people you trust. Mm. But when the moon is just, you know, overcast and everybody's socializing from this moon in cancer place, there is way more people that don't feel comfortable with their vulnerability than do. 
So even though this is a natural placement because we've beaten the shit out of vulnerability to not feel it and to get it out of us, this brings up those undealt with vulnerabilities and makes it so you can't pretend it's not there because the moon's in cancer. And if anything, if your moon is in cancer or in a water sign, you are going to swim in this like a beta fish in a rice potty. Yeah. Like you're really going to like get in the mucky waters and kind of be okay with it because you know you need to do it. But at the same time, it doesn't actually feel good. It feels like you're swimming in muddy waters. And you may know that that's temporary and it's going to last another two and a half days until the moon goes into Leo. But it is, it can be very uncomfortable. If you are not comfortable with your yourself emotionally, no matter what your moon sign is, a, a moon in Cancer can be very uncomfortable emotionally if you are deterred from your emotions and don't want to feel them. Yeah, so Cancer is so tied into the past, like memory and nostalgia and sort of like the memory of emotions living in the body. So sometimes when the moon is in Cancer, that can really activate that. And sometimes it can be good. It can activate positive memories. It can bring those things out. Like when the moon's in Cancer, for instance, you might notice that you're like, you know, reminded of these beautiful things from the past, but it can also remind you of trauma from the past. And it, it can be a lot if you're not prepared to heal from it. Also, like what Heather was saying, it's great if you're comfortable, if you're around people that make you feel good. Another thing about cancer is that they tend to be really affected by the people that they're around. So when the moon is in cancer, we kind of all collectively go through this, where we emotionally can absorb things from people around us. And um, if you're in a space where you kind of can't get away from people that make you feel bad, it's going to bring up these sort of traumatic memories that live in the body. Yeah. We just predicted my future. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's really true. Um, it's, yeah, I really like the, the, what you said about all of that. It's just becoming very, very clear to me. And I could almost, because of the memory thing, I can almost think of instances. I'll remember, in general, I have a cancer moon, so that's, you have a good memory when you have a cancer moon, a good emotional memory. But I specifically have memories of, like, oh... A lot of my memories are vague in stoner world, but I do have memories like, oh, this full moon eclipse in 1988, I, you know, texted my boyfriend or whatever, there was no texting at that time, but did, like, something uncontrollably bad behavior. Like, I remember these things throughout my past based on where the planets were and <laughs> incidents of the way that I reacted when the planets were there before I even had gotten super deep into astrology. But now I can, like, understand the patterns from the past because of it. So you'll you'll remember. You'll remember, like, your cellular memories will come up if you have a natal moon in Cancer or when the moon goes into Cancer, what Ashley exactly was saying about the past, it just will come up. They do like to hold on. Those crab claws, and the, the moon holds water, the crab claws like to like pinch and pull things in and store them in their shell, um, and that energy can be like retaining water, retaining something you just need to piss out, um, but it's very hard to know that when you're feeling it because it becomes a way of being, and that way of being, although internally expressive, is not so much externally expressive. So it can really um, affect you if you don't, like, you, you've got to have trusting friends. You've got to have people in your family that you trust. You have to have a place to 
to make this an outlet. Otherwise, it literally will turn into cancer in your body. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so if you have, you know, your moon in Capricorn or your moon in Aries or Libra, this could be a little tricky. That's going to form you in the square of the opposition. Um, just because cardinal signs, um, aside from cancer, tend to not really want to kind of sit in the emotions. I don't think that Libra, Capricorn, or Aries like to sit in their emotions. They like to do something about it. Or they like to, you know, move away from things that make them feel bad. And so I think that that could be a little tricky for people with other cardinal sign moons. Yeah, that's so true. I can think of, I can see it. Yeah. I can think of instances and scenarios of that unfolding very clearly. Like, both Aries, all those three other signs, they, they absolutely don't like emotion and they're not naturally emotional yeah except for cancer so that energy might be a fight but a a fight that's like like you're wrestling like all right I want to move on so I need to deal with this feeling but you might be wrestling trying not to feel it instead of just dealing with it Mm. yep all right moon and leo yeah I like this placement yep um, because Leo's the emotional fire sign, and it's just expressive and, and joyful, and the moon is happy in Leo. Typically speaking, yeah, I think that emotions are usually expressed when the moon's in Leo, and sometimes it can be a little overdramatic. I mean, Leo is very theatrical, so when you're feeling something bad, it could be like you kind of just, like, throw yourself on the bed and, like, sob and be like, why? You know, it's just kind of like... A, I don't know. It's got a it's got a flair for the drama, but overall, I mean, Leo's ruled by the sun, and so you get this sort of overpouring of joy. So when you feel good, you feel so good when the moon's in Leo. It's like maybe one of the the happiest placements for the moon to be overall. Yeah, it's energizing. It's uh, it could be a party. It's spontaneous. If people are feeling good, they will be outside and they will be, like, radiating that energy. Uh, If they are feeling dramatic, that energy could be radiating as well. But the overcast, I would say, is on the more pleasant side and a little bit more carefree. Um, If you are... If you have another one of these fixed squares, that's when it's going to become a little more painful and you might feel stuck and frustrated for... A few days or the fixed opposition which is basically just in the um, Aquarius would be the fixed opposition and the squares would be Taurus and Scorpio Um, this energy is quick um, because the moon passes through quick but the it can be the fixed square is going to feel a little more volatile and it might be hard to enjoy the overcast of the joy that comes out if you do have a fixed square, but you should still be able to experience it because it is overcasting the universe. I think that with those fixed squares and oppositions, it could feel like if you're having a bad day when the moon's in Leo, it could feel like everyone else is like loving their lives and things are going well and you're just completely on the outside looking in. It could give you that feeling. Um, especially if your moon's in Taurus or Scorpio or Aquarius. Um, But overall, I do think that this is an 
more positive one. Um, it is very social. It's kind of hard to be in your own shell when the moon is in Leo, unless it is one of those oppositions or squares that we talked about. Yeah, there's a need to maybe be seen. Um, I find that people tend to like to dress up or um, kind of get into the glamour when the moon's in Leo. There's a sense of really um, expressing yourself creatively and sort of showing off and working through emotions creatively when the moon's in Leo, um, turning them into like beautiful art and projects, um, sort of the playfulness that comes out and uh, transmuting neg negative emotions into these kind of creative expressions. Yeah, you're right. The inner child, that playfulness yeah. totally comes out. You mm -hmm. know, the sun card, that the moon is becomes extroverted when it's in Leo. Yes. The moon in Virgo. I like the moon in Virgo, but only because I feel a balance in it. Virgo's um, energy tends to not be as emotional and more mentally processing, so it being in the moon could be a little uncomfortable. I personally find it brings emotions to reality, and I don't know if that's just what it does for me or if that's the overcast. What do you think? So, I think that when the moon's in Virgo, um, there's a need to kind of organize your emotions and to make sense of them rationally. So, earlier we talked about the moon in Gemini, and both Gemini and Virgo are ruled by Mercury, so there's something similar that happens, but instead of sort of blurting out your feelings and like everything that ever happened to you to other people, this is more happening internally, because Virgo is more of a private sign. So you're kind of going through these things in your head, and maybe you're kind of placing them into compartments. You're like, okay, so I feel this way because when this person says things like this, it makes me feel this way. Okay, I'm going to put that here. And it's sort of about finding reasons for things, associations, putting things together, and also just kind of um, dealing with your problems um, privately or just ignoring them and cleaning your house and kind of working through your stress and anxiety that way. You know, putting yourself into... Um, a project, like organizing on the outside to make yourself feel more organized on the inside. That's very Moon and Virgo. That was perfect. I just learned so much from that. That is actually exactly, I think, how I react to it, and I could see that being on the macro perspective. I really, really liked what you said about the Gemini Virgo and then having the Virgo just be more internal. Virgos, they like to understand. Geminis like to react. Mm -hmm. Um and eventually Geminis may understand through their reaction, but that's not their priority, where it is a priority for Virgo to understand. It's like maybe a priority for Geminis to be curious and to learn, but Virgos really want to understand why people do what they do. Um, they really want to understand why they do what they do. They don't like to be blindsided, so they always have little ratios, which I never realized until Ash just described that in the perfect way of compartmentalizing emotion, that is exactly what happens. So as a overcast of the moon being in Virgo, you might feel an energy of a desert-like dryness as people kind of come in to themselves and do that and rationalize their emotions. There's a silence to that that um, really becomes actually very grounded because once you understand, you can have, ideally, you can have peace. 
understanding will bring you to peace. Um, and that's, in a way, what Virgos strive for. And, and really, that's what the moon strives for, too, an emotional peace. Um, so when things are understood, they feel really good, and the Virgo will work to understand. So I could see where Virgo moons as a whole could have problematic placements through the beginning half of their life, but once they figure out that ratio, it ends up becoming better and better as you age with the Virgo moon, once you figure out how to understand things and not to project, because ideally the moon will eventually shed light on your subconscious and make it conscious. And a sign that wants to understand, like Virgo, is going to excel that process. Mm. Yeah, um, I do think that there can be some overthinking that happens, some... difficulty in turning your brain off when the like collectively when the moon's in Virgo and um, maybe it could be hard to like relax and sleep you might find that you're kept up with thoughts um, especially I know that that happens to me because I have my moon in Sag that's a square so those with um, who get squared moon in Pisces Gemini Gemini yeah and Sag yeah yeah because moon in Gemini that's just gonna like explode your thoughts so that they're going even faster, which can be a lot. Moon and Libra. Moon and Libra, there's going to be a real focus collectively on harmonizing the emotions. And so you're going to want to almost go the opposite way. So if you're feeling sad, you're going to be inclined to figure out a way to make yourself happy. If you're feeling too happy, you might want to find a way to um, empathize with people who might be sad. There's just sort of um, an equal equilibrium seeking that happens when the moon is in Libra. You might be uncomfortable if you're feeling too much of one thing. Like, even if you're feeling really joyful, that could be very disorienting when the moon's in Libra. You almost want to find that emotional center. And that is something that you might notice if you're around someone else who is, like, feeling really strongly one way or another, that could make you feel uncomfortable, like, when the moon is in Libra. You might try to sort of swing it back so that you find that center again. There could be a lot of dialogue with the moon in an air sign, an overcast of of dialogue, Um, a little bit different than the projecting energy of the Gemini. It might be more curious, very complimentary, very forgetful, very much like, oh, let's have a party, like a double planning kind of energy. You might notice when the moon is in Libra, you double book yourself or make a double plan Mm -hmm. because they're really yes sayers. Libra moons are like, yeah, I'll try that. I'll do that. Um, but then off with the wind, it's, it's, um, I think that there's, uh, in general with air signs being in the, where the moon is, where the moon holds emotion and air is intellect, you're not going to have that emotional memory that a water sign has. So your memory might be a little more to details of like, instead of, the first date you had somebody with somebody remembering like the way that they touched your hand or the way you felt butterflies in your stomach, you might, might remember what the person is wearing, especially a Libra, or mm-hmm. if the person, you know, how they appeared, how they looked, like, as opposed to, like, what it felt like. Like, what are the yeah. details? So the 
energy of the emotion seems to like get carried off with the wind. So there, a moon in Libra is not going to get bent out of shape. Like overstimulated, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they're as the moon transits to Scorpio, they're going to forget whatever they were even overstimulated by in the sense of it just, um, so, so the, the problematic thing with a air sign moon, especially a Libra moon is the same mistakes could be made over and over again. Um, and this is overcast too. Like, all right, like I forgot that this happened last month when the moon is in Libra and then it happens again. Um, and again and again. So the repetition of the same mistakes will just keep happening because of this energy getting carried away. But there are details remembered just in a completely different way. It's almost aesthetic and it's almost like physical and and, and complimentary. Like we've said this before, Libras always have a compliment to give. They always greet you with a compliment. Moon and Libra, the same thing. So the other thing that might happen with the overcast of the moon in Libra is when you just meet somebody, if the moon is in Libra, they're all about you. And then the moon goes into Scorpio and you don't hear from them. Like stuff like that's really going to happen when the moon is in Libra. Yeah. I think that another thing that can happen is, um, there could be a need to sort of over beautify things that are happening. So if something bad is happening when the moon is in Libra, you might be more inclined to be like, yeah, but it's okay. Cause it's blah, blah, blah. Like, Maybe that, you know, you're dating some guy and he's a little flaky, but you're like, oh, but he's so attractive. Like, you're, you're going to try to find a way to make it better and make it seem better to other people. Like, that's really the thing. It's like wanting to make it look good on the outside, um, even if it doesn't feel great on the inside. And for those people that are getting squared natally when the moon is in Libra or opposed, so um, people with their moon in Cancer, moon in Aries... Um, and Moon and Capricorn, they are going to maybe find that to be a little dishonest feeling because they like to kind of either feel the emotions or like work through them and fix them. Whereas when the Moon's in Libra, it's sort of like, I don't want to say it's lying about your emotions, but it's definitely like making them seem better than they might be. Yeah, that was genius. I actually had never thought of that before, too. Mm. But I can completely see and understand that on so many levels. That is 100% right on. So then when the moon goes into Scorpio, suddenly you see what the reality of the emotions are. Yeah. There's no hiding from it anymore. And it's doomsday pessimism, too. Yeah. completely different vibe than the Libra airiness. So if you've been trying to, you know, like, let's say you're dating that flaky guy, and while the moon's in Libra, you're making all these excuses for him. Suddenly the moon's in Scorpio, and you're crying about it, because you're like, why is this guy so shitty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great example, too, of the moodiness of the moon. Yeah. Like, you know, one day you're, like, on, and you're going to get married, and the next day, like, you you're, know if you get married, it's going to be headed for divorce. Yeah. So, yeah, when the moon's in Scorpio, things feel really intense. You're going to really be in your feelings. Like, I think maybe equally to when the moon's in Cancer. Whenever the moon's in a water sign, you're going to be in your feelings much more. But when the moon's in Scorpio, you might not be as open in, in talking about your feelings. You're going to be maybe more experiencing them more privately, but really feeling them deeply. And um, wanting to. Maybe you, you feel like wallowing. Maybe you feel like you want to sit with these things. And um, you feel like there's something to be learned in the, the sadness. There's something that needs to be kind of dealt with. And um, it's going to be challenging to um, 
do any sort of small talk or move away emotionally from what you're feeling. Like, it's going to be hard to compartmentalize. Probably there's sexual tension in the air mm. for the overcast. Yeah. Um, it might be a little bit more on the silent processing sign, but also feeling anybody who's aware or intuitive in the least will be able to feel the thickness of this. Um, I find a moon in Cancer is when secrets are uncovered. Now, moon in Scorpio? Moon, yeah, sorry, moon in Scorpio, or, or when secrets are uncovered. Moon in Scorpio, people think, is secretive, and that is true. You, there, There's a lot of secrets that are carried in a moon in Scorpio if, if your moon individually is in Scorpio. But with the overcast of the moon in Scorpio, it brings up stuff. So I imagine that detective work, detectives get so much work done and so much comes to the light when the moon's in Scorpio because the energy of clues just become really obvious and the energy is highly intuitive. Scorpios are intuitive, very intuitive, but they're also, um, they're also like profilers because they have such good memories. So a profiler will be like, okay, that face, face tick means this, that lip pointing down means this. They're also looking at your face, staring at you with their beady Scorpio eyes and remembering every single little detail that's going on. So when the moon's in Scorpio, collectively, I think these things can be put together topped with the intuition. So you have your mental side in check and your intuition side in check, and a lot can be revealed during this time. I really like would love to see the statistics of cases being solved when that the moon's in Scorpio. That is so good. I wonder if there's any data like that that we can check. But, yeah, when the moon's in Scorpio, absolutely, it's like you can be a human lie detector, and it might not be that you have a reason for feeling like someone's lying to you, but you might feel it in your body. You might know. You might be like, this person is absolutely not telling the truth. And, um, yeah, I'd be curious to know what other people think about that. But for those who have moons in other fixed signs, so moons in Aquarius, moon in Taurus, moon in Leo, this might be an unpleasant place, um, for you for a couple days, or at least when that's an exact square opposition to your moon, um, just because there is a sense of feeling the darkness and feeling the, um, kind of like the collective suffering of humanity. <laughs> and I feel like, um, Taurus and Leo and Aquarius, they are all about, you know, either feeling better or, um, you know, making things lighter. And, um, I mean, maybe not Aquarius, but they are focused on humanitarianism as a whole. And so it could feel very uncomfortable and sticky and thick for them when the moon's in Scorpio. Yeah, and Aquarius is, they want to, they do kind of lighten things up, but only because they don't want to, they ignore. Yeah. They'll ignore the intensities, so it just doesn't get any stickier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still pretty sticky. Um, the other last thing too, I think about that moon in Scorpio is dreaming, sleeping, seeing ghosts. Mm. Um, the veil is thin. Yeah. But it is thin in an aggressive way, as opposed to being thin in, like, when the moon's in Pisces, the veil is also thin, but it's a completely different feel. It's dreamier and gentler. Yeah. Yeah, you might see, like, the the angry ghost, you know, during the moon in Scorpio. Yeah, the poltergeist, like, yeah. the fire and the heat kind of comes out. Yeah, which, you know, can lead to great healing and revelations, like, you know, but at the same time, it can be scary. 
Moon and Sag. You want to kick this off? This yeah, is you. This is my natal moon. I love when the moon's in Sag, um, but again, that's my natal moon, so that's that's home for me. Uh, I find that things feel more like an adventure. There's always this sense of, like, what's going to happen today? I'm not sure, which to me is really exciting. It could feel terrible to some other moon placements, I'm sure. But um, overall, I think that this is a time of luck, of rolling the dice, of just this feeling of sort of magic in the air. Um, so, like, that electricity of, like, the thin veil when the moon's in Scorpio, as it goes into Sag, there's this still the feeling of electricity, but it's less creepy, and it's more like, ooh, what's going to happen next? I'm so excited. I can't wait to, like experience. So you might find that things are pretty unpredictable when the moon's in Sag. Definitely some surprises might come up. You might find that um, plans fall apart, but like oftentimes the things that come up instead are way better than you could have scheduled for yourself. So it's kind of about rolling the dice and seeing what happens, seeing what shows up, and sometimes really magical things can happen. A lot can kind of shift and change you might feel um, more playful and excited. I don't know if anyone here is familiar with Harry Potter. There's this particular potion that is mentioned in one of the Harry Potter books called, I think it's like Felix Felicis, and it's liquid luck. And when he takes it, he is just kind of drawn to all the right places at the right time. And I always think of the moon in Sagittarius, like taking this potion. Um, like when you can be moving with the energy of the Sag moon in a positive way, that's like the best case scenario. You're like liquid luck. You're just getting drawn to all the right places and the right people at the right time. But it can also go bad. Yeah, the moon really absorbs that expansion of Jupiter, but the moon also has a... It's a negative charge that Jupiter doesn't have. Jupiter's about joy, and, and Sagittarius is about joy. So in the energy of the times where the overcast, it doesn't go bad. One, it's not going to be as noticed as when... It's, it's not going to be as like, oh, I'm just going to give up because it's not going my way. It's like, oh, that's going on. Ugh, how annoying. I'm just going to complain about it and go and keep working towards it, you know. Um, the other thing about the the fun and adventure is is absolutely true and 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 great um, to the point where it could cause haste mm. and impulsion and making a decision because there's something about where the veil is thin with the moon in Scorpio you like ripping the veil off and running around with lingerie when the moon's in Sag. You, yeah. There's not a... There's the best kind of energy of not caring, you know. I've been really thinking this year, um, as I was like leading up to my birthday, I did this reclamation of Jupiter ceremony. Every night I got this big candle and I lit Jupiter, Jupiter energy, Pisces and Sag, let's reclaim Jupiter because I feel both Jupiter and Sagittarius. So, or sorry, Jupiter and, and Neptune. So in thinking about that energy of Jupiter and Sag, it's an energy, both Jupiter and, and Neptune, they don't care. The difference is the energy of not caring is to be able to have pure care. So with Jupiter, you're not going to let stupid, tedious things get in the way of you not caring, where Neptune is just going to dissolve it. So when the moon is in Sagittarius, you don't really care if you lose. No. You know, you're going to take that risk because you know you're resilient enough to get over it and not hold on. And mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to be 
um, dissolve. The, the not caring is very liberating when the moon is in Sagittarius. And that's probably the exact thing that gets people into trouble because there's a like brief lapse of reason. It's and, reckless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's reckless. And also, if you are dealing with emotional problems, you could completely avoid them when the moon is in Sagittarius. You might feel like they're gone. And then later on, there you're like, wow, they really aren't gone at all. Like, you know, it might be harder to deal with heavy emotions during this time, and you might not be interested in that at all. Yeah, so for people with the square or the opposition, um, so that would be Virgo, Pisces, um, Gemini. Sloppy. Yeah, it's, it's that mutable moon mess. It's, yeah, it could create some chaos for you. Yeah, that you deal with when the moon hits Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, then you have to clean it up. And that's what Capricorns want to do. A moon in Capricorn will negotiate. They will, you'll notice people are a little more contrary in a way of trying to resist their emotion and just wanting to get the actual task done. Um, if something in the moon in Capricorn is in their way, if, if the moon in Capricorn is happening and something is in the way, they will walk over it as opposed to the moon and Sag just being like neglecting or complaining about it. The moon in Capricorn will make it so you keep literally trudging forward mm. because moving forward is a priority. And in order to feel emotionally safe, you need to move forward. And don't forget, we're still talking about the moon, the emotions, it being in Capricorn, you need to feel emotionally safe. So it's limited with how you feel emotionally, but you're not going to completely... I don't really know how to explain this, but Capricorns, it's not that they're not emotional. They, they compartmentalize their emotions. So, yeah. so how would you explain? It's not like you're like, all right, I'm not going to feel this at all. It's, it's like you're like, this is happening, but I still need to do this. Well, they're great in a crisis. That's the thing. Like, I think about my mom. She has a moon in Capricorn, and she, you know, like, um, was named power of attorney after her actually both of her parents passed away like at separate times because she's so good at just handling it and um you know it's not that she doesn't feel anything or that she's not sad she just gets things done because she knows that she has to and she's really good at it and she doesn't miss any details when she's sad like that doesn't it doesn't affect her work that's perfect example yeah because um uh moon in capricorn overcast is going to be more about the need to complete the process than the emotion you're feeling. So if the emotion needs to be, you know, the process could be about the emotion. The process could be about the crisis. And the Capricorn energy is going to get it done because they care, but they're not going to get all deep and intellectual about what's going Oh, why am I doing this? You know, oh my God, my mom's you know, on her deathbed and I have to do all this, oh, woe is me. They're just going to do it and they're not going to get all wrapped up. So the other person that's transiting or that's, you know, in, in, in your mom's case, it would have been her parents, like that, that's going to be easier for them to deal with her pragmatic energy yeah. and not being so emotional about it. That is a gift, you know. I mean, if surgeons got emotional when they dissected people, it wouldn't, people wouldn't be alive to function. You exactly. Know? Yeah, it's about, so yeah, when the moon is in Capricorn collectively, it's really, it's a lot easier to just get things done, to focus on the task at hand. But if you 
are feeling emotional, maybe your moon's in a different placement, you might find that other people aren't really as willing to like stop and be touchy-feely with you. You know, it could feel a little cold. So for people with their moon in Cancer, people with their moon in Aries or Libra, it could feel a little cold and um, unfeeling, even though it's not. It's, um, yeah, moon in Capricorn is not about like, let's let's break down our emotions and like dive into them. It's about, you know, let's let's work through them by living our lives and doing the things we need to do. They are cautious, so the pace might be slower than we're probably describing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's it's completely opposite from that moon and Sag energy. It's like the opposite of reckless. It's, I'm only going to take the next step if I know I have a place to land. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so as we come out of the moon and Sag, as the moon goes into Capricorn, you're probably cleaning up whatever didn't work out while you were, like high rolling when the moon was in Sag. So applied for all those jobs and maybe you got one of them and you accepted it on a whim and now you're like, actually, I didn't even want that job. What am I, what was I doing? I need to deal with this, <laughs> you know, or whatever the example is. Aquamoon. I like the overcast of an Aquarius moon. Um, no, it doesn't match up astrologically, the moon and Aquarius. I mean, obviously the signs transit through all of the signs. Obviously the planets transit through all of the signs. And you would think that it would not be harmonious, but there is an energy of, like, I guess not caring, which yeah. makes it a little more lighthearted. But the moon in Aquarius is not, it's not meant to be there either. No, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great. It's weird. Yeah, you're, you have Uranus is Aquarian ruling planet. Yeah. And Uranus and the moon are just like, fuck you. No, fuck you. That's kind of, it's, it's a very intense... Uranus is just like, action, I want something to happen, don't feel any feelings, just do it. And the moon is like, ruminate, wander, ponder, like revel in the emotions. So there, there's almost like a canceling out. It's like two magnets going in the other direction. Because Aquarians, the Aquarius energy is not going to give the moon the emotional power. Um, but it's also going to bring a sort of, like, so because it's not intimate and it's humanity, it's like, well, I can help all of you. Like, let's just, let's just do this and not all get into it so we can move forward. Yeah, the moon in Aquarius is kind of like a cyborg. It's like, you know, like electricity and wires and like robotic almost in its, but like very futuristic, but it's also like it has a heart, you know, the moon's there. So suddenly it has to feel things and maybe it's not wired to feel things. And so... When the moon's in Aquarius, you know, um, there's a couple things that happen. First, we might become a little resentful of our emotions. We might feel like, why do I have to inhabit this human body and feel these things? Like, I never wanted this. Like, I want to focus on bigger things and ambitions and ideas, and I want to make things better. Um, but also, you might resent other people telling you what to do. You might want independence. You might be seeking that out more when the moon is in Aquarius. And you're not going to want to have those deep conversations about feelings. You're going to want to have those emotionally expansive conversations about how to heal the world or how to go into, um, what's the opposite of healing the world? How to, revolution. That's not opposite of healing the world. But, like, what's the revolution that's going to bring the change? What is the physical action mm -hmm. that's going to bring the change? Like, you know, I don't exactly know when it happened, but the I, I feel like there was a lot of, 
um, an, a, 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 an example of this, this is, uh, this definitely happened, I'm just not sure the exact date. Around the time the White House was stormed, that was the time that planets were going from Capricorn to Aquarius. Yes, exactly. I think that something was at 29 degrees Capricorn when that happened. Yeah. Whether it was Saturn or Jupiter, I don't remember, but yeah, everything was about, was like on the cusp going into it. And then that switch, it's like, all right, we could all go mad now. Like, the planning was the Capricorn energy. Like, let's, yeah. like, plan and, like, come up with this. And then by the time you get to Aquarius, it's, like, reckless. Well, yeah, because the thing is, Aquarius is so freedom-seeking. And a lot of those people are so concerned with, like, keeping their freedom and their constitutional rights or whatever. But, like, the other thing is that that was absolutely, like, an insane thing to have happen. And a lot of people were, like, emotionally really disturbed by that. And so, um, yeah, like, I think that there was a, a lack of emotion in that. That's actually a very good moon in Aquarius example. Not to say that, like, people with the moon in Aquarius are, like, Trump supporters by any means. <laughs> but, like, there's this sense of, like, revolution. All revolutions aren't great. They don't, you, you, it's impossible to support everybody. It's impossible to not have war in these times. Um, but it is possible to fight, and it is possible to lead with rebellion, which is what an Aquarian moon really does. And in order to fight and lead with rebellion, you have to put your emotions on the side to get the action happen. Going back to that moon in Capricorn energy, sometimes it's just about doing the thing that's right that will make everybody feel better 10 years from now than now. Not that the White House storming is going to make everybody feel better, but it made certain people feel better. Um, and it's like, how are you gonna, the Aquarius brings, Aquarian moons brings out a fight for freedom in whatever version your freedom lo looks like. When the moon goes into Aquarius, you're going to have more courage to fight for that and to be able to put your sensitivities on the side. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, another thing that happened when Saturn went into Aquarius last summer in 2020, that's when like the Black Lives Matter protests started happening too. So that was about a fight for freedom for, um, the rights of black people and people of color and so we're seeing that continuing this year there's a lot of activism on that front with all the planets that are in Aquarius and so when the moon is in Aquarius like Heather was saying there probably is more that can happen in terms of um, revolution and fight for change and all of that and recreating old systems yeah really that's what this is about it's about recreating old systems we're also going into the age of Aquarius we're pretty much in it so this is like old systems that have not worked in the past. Aquarius brings out the new system and the show of like, all right, like this is the... I actually think that the more I think about it, the more I think that you could see the collective a lot with a moon in Aquarius, even though it's muted emotionally. Collectively, you can get a concept of humanity and, and the bigger picture when mm. the moon goes into Aquarius and... It might not bring the most reasonable way to solve problems, but the energy is definitely getting talked about to how do we solve the problems with systemic racism. Yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. It It's so um, opposite from tradition. Like, it's not like, oh, we got to keep doing this because we've been doing it this way forever. When the moon goes into Aquarius, you're like, screw the tradition, we got to do what's right to bring freedom to the people. And then the moon goes into Pisces, <laughs> they're like, oh shit, what just happened? And then you go in your room and you cry for a long time and you try to figure out how to heal the world and maybe a little bit more of an unrealistic, otherworldly, compassionate way, which can absolutely work. The moon in Pisces, collectively, is very romantic, it's very, very empathetic, 
um, it's 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 dreamy and it's another thin veil in in ideal, not necessarily in reality and what could be the ideals. When the moon's in Pisces, suddenly all the emotional boundaries between people tend to thin. They tend to loosen up and become a bit more like amorphous and blobby. And so suddenly you're feeling other people's emotions and you're picking up on their stuff. And that happens to some extent when the moon's in any water sign, but especially in Pisces, there's just a, a blending that's happening and a merging and sometimes it's really beautiful and nice but again if you're around people who are holding a lot of trauma and aren't dealing with it you're suddenly absorbing it and you're feeling it and you're noticing it telepathy is big mm-hmm. dreams are big um losing stuff yeah things go missing they just pop off into the void yeah you might feel very creative, but also distracted. Like, like, what project do I start? What project mm-hmm. do I finish? Do I just not finish all of my projects and leave them in a pile to look pretty in the corner? Um, the moon in Pisces is very pastel colorful to me, and everything blends and gets sloppy and skewed um, in a big, pretty, ambiguous mess that you could also look at and see beauty in the chaos and get answers too, but it's answers aren't important. Feeling good, or feeling your feelings is what's important, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, you're going to feel them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the, it's the last stage of this whole moon cycle, so at this point you're really able to see and to um, look at things in a way that's non-judgmental. So all the stuff that kind of got kicked off when the moon went into Aries at the beginning, now you're able to kind of see it from a, a higher place and maybe hopefully not judge yourself and um, to, you know, accept and work with it. Um, it's a very non-judgmental place for the moon to be. So um, it is a good time to maybe talk to someone about your feelings if you're having trouble. I feel like um, therapy sessions when the moon is in Pisces would probably be more successful. And this is where the Neptune not caring energy comes in because you potentially could not worry about being self-conscious, ideally, Mm -hmm. um, and really just get it out there and then be able to move on from it. Um, There is something so unjudgmental about the Pisces energy that it really allows for that deep thinking to go But again, it could get sticky. It could get sticky, it could dissolve, or it could just keep flowing. And ideally, you want it to either dissolve or keep flowing and not get sticky. Neptune does... The moon and Neptune are like two peas in a pod of dissolve. They're both like watery, ambiguous messes. But at the same time, they don't need to be a mess because what you imprint with it, it will hold the imprint. So just imagine a cup of water... You know, this is what the Pisces moon is. This is what Neptune and Pisces is. The Pisces energy is high right now when the moon does go into Pisces because it conjuncts Neptune every time. Mm -hmm. So the moon and Neptune are having magic once a month um, and bringing either telepathy or delusion. So you choose. You choose which one you want by being clear with yourself and by knowing the truth and by reading your body and using it as a gauge. It could just be telepathy and not delusion. But if you get stuck in those mucky waters you could go crazy. So, you know, pay attention. Pay attention when the moon's in Pisces. Pay attention to how you're feeling and how you're dealing because you could manifest a whole lot of good stuff, but you could also drown. 
Yeah, that's one thing. When the moon is in Pisces, I feel like people with mental health issues might really suffer, um, or people that have mutable moons, um, this is going to cause some possible um, overwhelmment emotionally. And yeah, like you said, delusions can happen. There could be some escapism through substances that happens when the moon's in Pisces, just because... As I mentioned, everything is kind of merging, and if you don't want to merge, if you, you know, have had a bad experience with other people and don't want to, you know, thin your your auric field to kind of meld with theirs, then you're going to want to escape and go into a different world where that's not going to happen to you, where you feel safe. So yeah, like drinking or drug use could be prevalent when the moon's in Pisces, so um, just being aware of that and recognizing that for yourself. A good stuff. I guess that's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a topic or to get a reading with us, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.